What is up, what is up, what is up? Welcome to the Mitch Davis Show and the Full Court Press College Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Davis, founder of the MitchDavisShow.com, also podcast host of the Mitch Davis Show and the Full Court Press College Basketball Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at MitchDavis underscore rate. Like and follow the Instagram and Facebook pages by simply typing in the Mitch Davis Show. And also, Head on over to the website. Be sure you're following the website as well at themitchdavisshow.com. On today's podcast, we're going to have a very, very special interview with head coach of the Bellman Knights out of Louisville, Kentucky. Head coach Scott Davenport will be joining me momentarily to talk about his Bellman team. First year in Division One college basketball. They've already risen up the ranks in the A-Sun. They're first in the A-Sun. And they're primed and ready to go in the last three weeks of the season to make a run at the NCAA tournament in their first season in Division One college basketball. It's a very fun interview that I know every college basketball fan across the country will enjoy. Not just Bellman fans, not just fans from across the great state of Kentucky, but fans across the great country. Everybody can enjoy this interview as we talk all things college basketball, Bellman hoops, and even throw in some really awesome stories about head coach Denny Crum and head coach Rick Pitino. So without further ado, I would like to welcome head coach Scott Davenport to the podcast, and I hope you enjoy it. Be sure you follow me on Twitter, Mitch Davis underscore eight. I am joined now by the head coach of the first place, Bellman Knights, first place in the A-Sun, first year in D1. Coach, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. And, you know, let's, let's do all that transition from Division Two to Division One, a new league, uh, let's do all that during a pandemic, a worldwide pandemic. Let's do that just to, just to make it feel good. No, we're doing great. I, I, these, these players, and I know I'm going to sound like every successful coach, but these players deserve so much credit. They reported back to campus on July the 5th, and there's been detours along the way, like and interruptions, like everybody, and they're, they are so resilient. And what it does to me as a coach, it, it puts great faith in the future of society because of these young people. I'm not the answer. These young people are the answer. I've got one. I've got one grandchild, two and a half years old. She needs them. I mean, we need these young people, and they're incredible. So I think the future is very, very bright, and positive. Coach, let's talk about this. Uh, the pandemic now, because you guys. Uh, I mean, like you said, you guys jumped to D1 to a new conference right in the middle of a pandemic. Talk about some of the challenges you guys have faced this season so far. And there's scheduling changes, um, you know, and, and everything else. What are, what are some of the challenges you guys have faced so far? Well, the, the, the old adage about you just take one day at a time became not just talk. It was true. And you, you, you appreciate it every day. And I think the key to it from way back in March has been communication and, and being able to stay there for your players and have them there for each other because that's the only way to get through this. You know, we've always had a we, – we were 12 straight years in the NCAA tournament, Division Two. That's the longest in the country. That's the third longest streak in the history of Division Two basketball. 
and, and as we rolled toward February and March, our goal was always never to want to take your jersey off for the last time. You never want to play that last game with that group of teammates. Never. And that's always been a driving force behind our success. And last year, it was spring break, and we had had a great morning practice on a Thursday. We had a we had film in the morning, a great practice. Then we were having a team meal at a at a place called Ottoman Country Club here in Louisville. They're famous for their Thursday night fried chicken. The university was shut down because of spring break, so we took our team over there. And in between our practice and that wonderful dinner, their careers came to an end. They never got to take a jersey off for the last time. That room was incredibly emotional for four seniors. But from that emotion started this drive for this team. And I'm so proud of them. And like I said, they stayed in great communication the rest of March, April, May, June, back here and here on July, and they never looked back. But they appreciate every single day. And that's what the pandemic has taught us. Because there's no, there's no guarantees. We were scheduled to fly to Jacksonville tomorrow, and now we're going to North Alabama. Yeah, Coach, you know, the, the, the scheduling of this has been crazy. Talk about adjusting on the fly to play. You know, you guys were expected to play North Florida on Friday, Saturday, like you mentioned. Now you're playing North Alabama. Talk about that adjustment on the fly and how you guys get game plans. I mean, you guys have to... Well, that, well that, that is a great question because here's what happened, Mitch. So we spend all day Sunday in here and we review, like, for example, our last two games, our, our two games against Jacksonville on Friday, Saturday. But at the same time, we're preparing for North Florida from a personnel standpoint, an offense standpoint, a defense standpoint, a, a special situation standpoint. And everybody's in their office and working and we're getting it done and we so we knew from North Florida having their game canceled last week against Liberty there was there was a possibility of us playing Liberty or North Florida or excuse me or North Florida so we spent all day doing double the work and then Tuesday night at six thirty we find out we're we're playing at North Alabama so we're in here all last night doing it and then we'll be ready to go today with personnel will move right on uh you know it, it's it's difficult but when you look at the at the opportunity to play it's all worth it. that that trumps everything okay, that got, supersedes every complaint that you get an opportunity to do what you love doing coach i've got a follow-up question to that you guys have had sustained success and you kind of alluded to it a little bit you know multiple final fours and national championship in 2011 I mean, you guys have had, and winners of eight straight in a conference you guys have never played in, what are the keys to success for your program? I mean, you've been in this for 16 years at Bellman. What are the keys to success for this program? Well, the one thing, the one key, that I can say we watch film or we run this, we run that, none of that's true. The greatest reason it's the players, but the greatest recruiters in this program are our players. If you have a law practice and you have five tremendous attorneys, then the next great attorney would want to join your team. Or you had a medical practice and you have five great doctors, the next great doctor would want to join your team. The same in accounting. Well, it's no different than basketball. 
our players are the greatest recruiters in this program because other great players, great individuals, great students, you know, great teammates want to come join and be with them. That that is the reason. Period. That is the number one reason, hands down. Can you talk about recruiting and looking at your roster? You've got guys from the states of Indiana, Ohio, Kentucky, mostly all local kids. Talk about that recruiting pitch and what do you say in those living rooms and now Zoom calls to get these players to come to your university? Well, I, I, I say that, but we've had players from London, England, we've had players from Northern Africa, we've had Australian, we've had, we've had players from everywhere. Uh, what we say, there's three, there's three components to recruiting. Is one, you have to have a tremendous, tremendous university. That's to everybody we recruit. That, that's the first reason. And the second reason, you have to have a great community of where they're going to spend their college years. It's four of the greatest years of their life, but it's to prepare them for the next 45 years of their life. So now you look back to that great university. Then you have to have in a combination of tradition, facilities, you know, for tremendous support. Well, our facilities, there's a gentleman in Louisville and people in this area of the country will know that the eye practices, Vision Works. They're in seven states. And Dr. Mark and Cindy Lynn provided us with a locker room facility, a, a, a video area, a reception area, a refueling area that's second to none. So that that's facilities. We made a, a quantum leap this year from playing our home games because of the pandemic at nights all that seated just under 4,000 to Freedom Hall. Seats 18,000 people. Has hosted more NCAA National Championship games than anywhere in the history. Now, there's been other cities, but not in one facility. It's hosted six national championships. Been Home Depot. A Donovan grad named Tim Horrigan jumped on it, on board, and he took the court, and he resurfaced the court to be identical to Knights Hall, and that's our new home. So from an educational standpoint, a community, a supporting standpoint, and facilities and tradition, that's what we sell in recruiting. Coach, before we get into a couple more questions about your, you know, your time with Denny Crum and you coaching with your son, I want to ask you about the conference tournament. There's been a lot of talk about postponing conference tournaments and not playing the conference tournaments. But the A-Sun right now is supposed to be playing theirs in Jacksonville, Florida. Coach, just talk about that and – how important is it to play these conference tournaments to get ready, hopefully, for the NCAA tournament? Well, we've been able to play basketball, so there's no difference. And I think the conferences are making the right call. You, you, you play or you don't play. You don't pick and choose. You know, ultimately, what is this for? Ultimately, it's participation. There's 358 Division One schools. And there's 230 and change Division II schools. So, so when you look at what is it really, it's participation. There, there's, there's almost 500,000 NCAA athletes, men and women. How many are going to make a living off the sport? A very, very, very minuscule number. So really, what is it? It's participation, which teaches you discipline, dedication, attention to detail, to spend for the rest of your life. So... The, the conference tournament is another opportunity, and it should be looked at, not like, oh, well, we're not going to play that to play this. No, you don't pick and choose. That's, I'm very strong about that. And that's, I think the A-Sun has done a great job because 
going to the city of Jacksonville where you got two universities. So instead of playing four games at one site, you can play two games at, at Jacksonville, two games at North Florida. Then you play your semifinals and your champion. I think they are absolutely maximizing the opportunity. As at the same time, keeping everybody safe. Coach, I think that's a great point. Now, jumping over to your coaching career, you've coached under some college basketball legends and Denny Crum and Rick Pitino. Coach, talk about what you've taken away from coaching, especially under Denny Crum, a guy that if you're from the Bluegrass State, if you're a college basketball junkie like both of us are, you've heard of Denny Crum. Denny Crum is a Hall of Fame coach, one of the greatest coaches of all time. What did you take away from your time under Denny Crum at Louisville to translate over to now your head coaching career? Well, you know, I was a walk-on JV player at the University of Louisville. And I went from being a walk-on JV player to there's no doubt I was going to be a coach. And I started with working camps under Coach Olson and Coach Jerry Jones, you know, and Coach Crump's the head coach. Then I was a graduate assistant. And then I was a full-time assistant under Coach Crump and then kept from you know, the, the transition from Coach Crum to Coach Patino. I was the first coach Coach Patino ever kept from a previous staff, which is a, an honor that, that I hold very, very, very close to my heart. But Coach Crum was a, the, the ultimate teacher. He was a math major, so everything was very analytical, and he was very, he was very patient. His patience was his strongest virtue. Now, don't, don't take that that he wasn't competitive. I mean, but his patience in terms of being a teacher was extraordinary. And what's ironic, then I coached under Coach Patino, who taught going 800 miles an hour, but they taught the game the same way. They both thought the game should be played the same way from a fundamental standpoint, but they taught it totally different. One taught it. 100 miles an hour, the other was very analytical. But they taught, they, their beliefs in the game was the exact same way, which is proof there's more than one way to be successful. That's the greatest, first lesson you learn in coaching, there's more than one way to be successful. And I, I did it 11 years under two of the greatest, greatest, who've ever coached the game at any level. And I say how different they were, but they thought the game should be played the same. But you know, the, the one thing that, that they share in common, they're two of the most giving individuals on this earth. And I, I don't mean just money. I mean of their time, of their support, of their, their being considerate of others. They're two of the most considerate, giving individuals on this earth, no doubt about it. Coach, this leads me to this next question. I've been around the rivalry between Kentucky and UofL uh, from a Kentucky standpoint. Coach, you coached under Crum, which had a big rivalry with Joe B. Hall at University of Kentucky. Is there a memory or two that really stands out to you, maybe in your playing oh, days, your coaching days, under uh, in that rivalry between those two? Yeah, there, there's, oh my, I just know this. It was, it didn't make any difference. Well, I made it by Coach Pino going back to Kentucky coaching coach back then. It didn't make any difference. Coach Crum or Coach Pitino, the week, the 10 days going up to that game as an assistant on those staffs were the toughest weeks you could ever spend because they wanted to win that game so bad because the rivalry was was as intense. And I, I understand Duke and Carolina, and I respect that. 
but Duke Carolina is different because they play two or three times a year. You know, Louisville, and they've played a lot longer. Louisville, Kentucky was on the brink of being made to play by the state legislature when they finally gave in and played. Um, but it, it, it's, it, it is amazing to go through that rivalry to, to, to put a finger on a win here or there. I know the win, we were a huge, huge underdog going into Rupp Arena. Um, Tubby Smith last year, who I've been on the staff with at VCU. But Coach Patino, I know we won that day. That was We were a huge, huge underdog. And I know Coach Crumb being able to, to go in and win games in, in that rivalry from the very first time they played in the NCAA tournament. I mean, there was more bounce in everybody's step. But to be fair, if you were not successful, it was de- it was tough. It was devastating. I mean, it hurt you. You couldn't let it linger because you were right on the, always on the heels. It seemed of conference play. So it's tough. It's a tough, tough game to coach in because it means so much. You know the great thing of that of that rivalry bench. So you know, you know, you know, to the state of Kentucky. You know, this state is divided between Kentucky and Louisville, right? Yeah. Yes, sir. They can all like Bellarmine. <laughs> Hey, well, hey, you know what? And that and that's the thing that I think a lot of people, you know, I follow the guys at U of L, the guys at UK. Everybody's talking about your program, so coach. I mean, everybody. So, so two guys go to work, <laughs> and, and and they meet at the war at the proverbial water cooler, and they're fighting like cats and dogs about U of L, UK. Some recruiter, a bad call, or your coach or their coach, and then at the end of the day, they're like. Yeah, let's go to the Dharma game tonight. And then they're cheering for us. <laughs> and, and, and I think it also helps you guys that you play in Freedom Hall. I mean, I remember growing up, and my dad, my dad, man, he is from Louisville, but grew up a Kentucky fan. My grandfather's been a Kentucky fan for 65 years. I remember hearing stories about Freedom Hall, not only just UK U of L games, but also those national championship games you mentioned, those Final Fours you mentioned. Coach, I, I do want to talk to you about real quick before we get into the last few questions. Talk about what Freedom Hall just means to not only you and your program, but to college basketball as a whole. Well, like I mentioned earlier, it, it's hosted more NCAA national championship basketball championships than any venue. Now, there's been other cities, but they've got new venues, et cetera. It's hosted six national champions. When we made this transition, and you think of Freedom Hall, just think who's walked down that ramp. Muhammad Ali's first professional fight ever. Entertainers, Michael Jackson, Elvis Presley. Just go on and on and on. Four presidents of the United States. Then you get into the basketball. You know, obviously the Kentucky, the Louisville, the Indianas that, that have played there. The Coach Crumbs, Coach Wood won a national championship there with Kareem Jabbar. Back then it was Lou Alcindor. Bob Knight's Ohio State teams that he played on. You you go on and on and on and on in those epic games. You mentioned, you know, and it was obviously, it was home to the Kentucky Colonels. They, Michael Jordan played exhibition games in there. You, you can go on and on and on. And, and we we spent a lot of time this fall educating our players to the tradition of Freedom Hall. And they love it. I mean, they love it. You, you think of Freedom Hall. And some of the greatest, greatest individuals across all sports, entertainment, politics have, 
have gone down that ramp in freedom home, and now it's our home. And our, our president, Dr. Susan Donovan, our athletic director, Scott Wiegand, it's an incredible vision to make it happen. And I can't wait to where we start where the pandemic's over and we can make each game an event. we got a great opportunity here. We've got big industry here. We've got two Ford, Ford plants. We've got a GE appliance park with a world hub of UPS. We've got a, a, a public school system with 105,000 students. We've got Norton Healthcare. It's the third biggest employer in the state of Kentucky. And you start bringing these, have a, a Norton Healthcare night in you. The vision of going to Freedom Hall and bringing everybody together. Because, Mitch, how many events have you been to? You can't name them. <laughs> except sports, where you see somebody high-fiving at somebody they've never known in their life, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you don't go into Kroger and because they, they got a... a, a, <laughs> a, a shipment of food in that you're high-fiving the guy next to you, but you could be at a football basketball game, some kid makes a great play, and you're high-fiving the person in front of front of your, beside you. You don't even know them. Exactly. And this, well, think about it. In this society right now, when we're a very, very divided country, what better way to get people to bring them back together than college sports? And we want to do it through Freedom Home. So we want to bring every element, Kentucky fans, Louisville fans, Indiana fans, in the Freedom Hall, where they are high-fiving, getting people along. And the reason, I've said for years, the greatest marketing tool for Bellarm University is the players in this locker room, because those kids are incredible. Coach, jumping over to – got two more questions. For you, and I'm excited. You got me fired up now. I'm a, Look, I'm a college basketball junkie. I, I grew up around the game, and, and you got me fired up talking about Freedom Hall. Now I'm even speechless. Coach, let's talk about coaching with your son, Doug. I know this is – um, you know, me coaching my dad, literally, or literally basketball was always fun. But talk about having your son on staff with you. Hey, Doug played here, and at the start of his senior year, actually at the end of his junior year, going into his senior year, as I meet with with everybody, and you know, by now you're you're at the end of your junior year, your senior year, you should be pretty much starting to have a, a plan in life. And I sit Doug down, and I said, Doug, you know what what where are we going with this? You're a, you're a political science major. You're a business matter. Uh, you've done phenomenal academics here. You've never, never not been on the dean's list. I said, what's our plan? What's your plan done for you? And I'm thinking he's going to say Wall Street or he's going to say law school. And he says, Dad, I'm going to be a basketball coach. There's no doubt what I'm doing. And I said, let's go. And then, and then as it went on, this is a great story. Mick Cronin had gotten the job, who had been on our staff at Louisville, had gotten the job at Cincinnati, and he wanted Doug to come be a student assistant. And, and we, we thought, no, you should go play at Bellarm. And this was back when he was coming into college. And Doug said, well, I should play because I want to be in a great locker room. So Doug, and Mick was just starting out. So Doug came to Bellarm. Next thing you know, now he's, he wants to be a graduate assistant. And, and now, can he go with Tim Willard? Should he go with Mick Cronin? What should he do? And I'm leaning on people. And I said, and, and, I, and of all people, I, he said, Dad, you're, you're so close to Coach Willard and Coach Cronin because you coached with him. My first staff at Lloyd Wonder, Coach Patino, was Mick Cronin, Kevin Willard, and myself. I mean, I think those meetings at 6 o'clock in the morning work every morning. You know, and we're in there waiting for Coach Patino. And I mean, we're, it's unbelievable. 
So anyway, Doug said, Dad, I know you've made some friends. He said, Littman, I want to speak to one guy about my future. I said, okay, who, 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 who can I get a hold of for you that I know? He said, Dad, can you get a hold of Brad Stevens? And I knew Brad Stevens when he was an assistant at Butler University, wasn't the head coach. He played at DePaul, the Division Three school, went on to, to, to be a GA at Butler. And I met him through recruiting. And he was, he, and I said, yeah, Doug, let's get a hold of Brad Stevens. And by now, he's Brad Stevens at Butler. And then from there, it was Doug became a GA at Xavier, took a job. Very few people know this. He took a job at Winthrop on a, and moved on a Thursday with, with Pat Kelsey, a tremendous young coach. He moved from from Cincinnati to, to Rock Hill, South Carolina on a Thursday. And on Monday, Coach Patino called him and offered him to be his sole video coordinator, just him. Oh. It'd be him and Coach Patino. He moved back on Thursday. In eight days, he moved three times. He moved from Cincinnati to Rock Hill, or Rock, Rock Hill to Louisville. He lived in three cities in eight days. And he spent those three years under Coach Patino, then on to Eastern, now here at Belden. But can you imagine being the, the video coordinator for a Rick Patino for three years? Not in the first year, they, they win the national championship. Two later, years later, they get beaten in the Elite Eight. It's a, it's a putback or a miss free throw. They go to the Final Four. And then he lost his own coaching career. And But I'm more proud of Doug as a son than I am a coach. And that won't change. Coach, last question I have for you. And, and before I get to this, let me tell you, this has been the greatest interview I've ever done. This has been awesome. And I appreciate you coming on and, Hopefully this last question will allow your fans and night fan base to really get to know you uh, in, in your 16 seasons because, you know, you are a college basketball legend in the state of Kentucky. I mean, that is that, that's a known fact, and, and I appreciate you coming on the show. Now this last question, Coach, what does Bellarmine mean to you and your family? I know you've been there 16 seasons. Your son Doug played there. What does the university as a whole mean to you? You know, Mitch, I've never been asked that. That's a phenomenal question. I've never been asked that. When I left, we went to the Final Four in Louisville in 2005 in St. Louis. And there was an opening at Belton at the end of February. And that's kind of where the process started. And we played in Nashville in, in the first round of the tournament. The second round, the regional weekend, we were in Albuquerque and in the Final Four was in St. Louis. And Coach Patino became obsessed with me taking this job at Bellarmine. And I and ever we'd fight every morning. I said, Coach, let's concentrate and get to the Final Four. There'll be a time for that. Now, Scotty, I talked to the president. I talked to so-and-so. He knows this guy. I called this player. He was obsessed with me. I'll never forget. When I took the job, he said, Scotty, don't ever forget. It's going to be like my Providence team. It's going to be like my Providence team with Billy Donovan and Delray Brooks. And that year we went to the Final Four. That's what it's going to be like. You're going to have those kind of guys. And it's it's ironic that the night, the day I went in to tell him I was going, that I was, that I've been offered the job the night before and I was going to accept it. He screamed at me for 10 minutes and I was making the biggest mistake of my life. <laughs> and I looked at him like I was the most confused guy. I'm like, you've been harping on this for a month. <laughs> Kevin Willard walked in my office and said, Are you the he said, Partner, are you the most confused guy in the world? And I, I said, Yes. He goes, Well now he doesn't want to lose you. You'll never get a greater compliment than that. And then 
you know, then we win the national championship in 2011. And the second call to my phone was Rick Pitino. And, 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 and it, you know, it was that vision. But what does it mean to be? And why did I, why was I so adamant about that? Because Thurman believes in everything I believe in, academically, athletically, and socially. I've got two sons with Thurman degrees. My oldest son, Russ, has an MBA from Thurman. His wife has two degrees from Thurman. Doug's wife, Alex, did her, and he met her when she was doing her internship uh, in our athletic department. She's got Thurman ties. So when, when I speak to a recruit in their family, I'm not asking them to do something that I didn't do myself. I'm asking them to send their son to what I think is the great university. Well, I did that with my own sons. I can't be any stronger than that. I'm going to love their son. I'm not going to love their son anymore. I love my own too. And my daughter-in-laws. And, and, you know, I got the one granddaughter, Ren. I hope Ren is a Thurman grad. That's 16 years from now. <laughs> but that that's, and the reason is because of these players. I keep going back to that. These players are extraordinary. We've never had, now we are 17, no, 16, I'm sorry. No, 15, 16. We're 16 straight semesters at over a 3-0 GPA as a team. We've never had a semester under a 3-0. We've graduated 58 out of 61. We've had 18 now play while they were in graduate school. Wow. And we've produced 17 pros. See, wow. so I think you can do both. Yeah. I think you can do both. We did that at the Division two level. I don't want to change anything at the Division one level. Coach, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. And uh, before we hit the stop recording button, I want to thank you and wish you good luck the rest of the season. Oh, you bet. We're going to do our best and Again, you know, there's a big difference, Mitch. My mother said 11 years ago, right before she passed away, she said, you know, Scotty, if you really work hard, you keep working hard, you might get a real job, make something out of yourself. I've never had a job in my life. I've had, a, I've had an advocation. I've been an advocate for these young guys that I get to coach. A vocation would be a job. You said you're a basketball junkie. I'm a, well, you know, this is all I've done. I've never had a job in my life. I've had an advocation, not a vocation. I'm the luckiest coach of any sport, any level. Freshman high school, JV, varsity, pros, college. I'm the luckiest coach of any sport, any level, anywhere. Hands down. I believe that every single day. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Coach, thank you so much. Good luck the rest of the season. You have been listening to The Mitch Davis Show. I've been your host and founder of TheMitchDavisShow.com. Also, The Mitch Davis Show and the Full Court Press Podcast. A very special thank you to Head Coach Scott Davenport of the Bellman Knights for coming on the podcast today to talk about his Bellman University basketball team. I tell you what, you will not find a better coach in college basketball than Coach Davenport, and a better interview. I mean, this interview was awesome, and I know not just Bellman fans, but college basketball fans across the bluegrass, across the great country of America, across the world will enjoy this interview with Coach Davenport. You can follow me on Twitter at MitchDavis underscore 8. Like and follow the Instagram and Facebook pages by simply typing in The Mitch Davis Show. You can also find the podcast wherever you like to listen to your podcast by typing in The Mitch Davis Show and then on YouTube at Full Court Press 
podcasts as well. Also, head on over to the website as we get closer to the weekend. A weekend full of college basketball action by simply typing in themitchdavisshow.com. Very special thank you for Coach Davenport for coming on the podcast today to talk about his nights and their run at the NCAA tournament this year and their first season in D1 college basketball.